Well, you can turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. I'll have a couple of places that we'll go to other than that, and you can take notes. We always have notes at the Connection Center. My theme today is pray first with eyes opened. Pray first with eyes opened. Now, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not debating whether you should pray uh, with your eyes open or close, your physical eyes. I know that there's been many times that my full name has been mentioned at the dinner table as my family is praying the blessing over the food. And because my eyes were open, my parents would say, Shannon David Wooten, close your eyes. We're praying the prayer. And so it almost like, it almost puts this into us that we can't pray with our eyes opened. So I'm not here to debate that at all. I'm just kind of making reference to the fact that uh, there are times that God wants you to pray physically with your eyes open because he may direct your attention as you're praying to something and make a connection of what you need to be praying for or you need to see. But more importantly, we need to ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see, to see spiritual things, see the supernatural, see what we may not be able to see in the physical that's there. So there are supporting scriptures here today, and I'll show you a couple places where it's very much in order that if we're going to pray in faith and pray and, and touch heaven, and if God is going to use you and he will to make an impact in the world, our eyes have to be wide open that we're actually seeing what God wants us to see. How we see determines how we understand. How you see, what your perspective is on the situation will be determined on what you understand. And I want to suggest to you, it will determine what you pray. How you see that. God opened my eyes. God has given us spiritual and kingdom authority through the relationship that we have with him. So if we're going to pray with power and authority from God, then we have to see what he sees. God does not want you praying for something over here because that's all you can see when he's saying to you, I want your eyes over here because this is where I'm at. Are you with me this morning? It's very important for us that we have clear sight line. You, be, you need to be able to see what God wants you to see. Sometimes we have to clean the glasses. God wants to spiritually clean your perspective. I remember Bonnie telling me uh, one day she said, uh, her dad was complaining about his eyes. He said, I got to go get a checkup. I, I, my eyes are getting bad. Glasses are not working. He's taking them off. He's cleaning them, putting them back on. Of course, he's taking them off. He can't see the, if they're clean or not because his eyes are bad. He puts them back on. He's complaining for months, weeks. Bonnie says, Dad, let me see your glasses. They were all smeared up. I mean, smudged over. She cleans them off. He puts them on. He goes, hallelujah, I'm healed. Eureka, I can see. Sometimes, listen, sometimes all we need, we're so messed up and confused and depressed and in fear, and I've been there myself, guys, that really all we need to do is for God sometimes just to clean our glasses, clean our perspective so we can see what he wants us to see. It was Jesus, catch this, it was Jesus who rebukes Peter because Peter said, Jesus, you're not, you don't have to die. You don't have to go to the cross. Peter was seeing something that Jesus did not want him to see. He was seeing one perspective when Jesus has to turn to his and Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now, Peter wasn't Satan, but he rebuked him because he was thinking and he was seeing like Satan was seeing. 
There are times, has God ever had to rebuke you to say, hey, hey, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking the way I want you to think. You're not seeing what I want you to see. And you're all fixated on this over here when I want you to see this over here. Our human reasoning gets in the way. It clouds our view. And there's a big difference in godly wisdom and human wisdom. Listen to me very carefully. James is very clear that he, God will give us wisdom from not from this world, not of the world, but wisdom from above. And how many of you know this morning, come on, if you want any kind of wisdom, any kind of insight, I want it to be from heaven. I want it to be from God. Our human reasoning gets in the way. And have you ever seen a situation a certain way? Have you ever had a certain perspective or even a belief, a mindset that you were so fixed on that God had to show you something different in order for you to change your mind about it? Do I have a witness? Surely I'm not the only one. Come on, anybody else in here? Have you ever, has God had to ever show you in his word something that you didn't see before in order for you to change your perspective, to adjust what you're seeing, and then it begins to trickle down to your attitude and faith begins to build and passion begins and de desire begins to build in a certain direction? Have you ever had a thought about a person, first impression, second impression, say, I don't like them. But God had to get you to see something different about them. And once you get to know them, you say, wow, I'm changing my mind about them. They're really not as bad as I thought they were. Come on, I'm surely I'm not the only one that, right? I wonder how many relationships, how many situations have we abandoned? How many things have we closed the door on when God, all he wants us to do is clean our glasses and see things a little different and start building bridges and start opening doors and start believing God in areas where he wants us to move. In the book of Acts chapter 9, here's another guy, another situation where it involves sight and transformation happened. Acts chapter 9 is the story of the Apostle Paul, Saul. His name was first Saul and then later converted to Paul, changed his name. Saul was a religious man. He believed in God, but he did not believe in Jesus Christ. And he saw everyone who believed in Christ, he saw them as a threat. So much, he was so fixated on people who believed in Christ that he would throw them in prison because he thought that they were a threat to the kingdom of God. It got to the point where he was murdering people, murdering Christians. Again, here's a religious man who thinks he's doing right because he's only seeing it from one perspective. Well, Acts chapter 9, he's on his way to Damascus to throw a bunch of Christians in jail. He has papers in his hand from the high priest of all of these offenders who have fallen to Christ and believe in Jesus. When all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and smites him with a, with a bright light, blinds him, and he calls out. He says, who are you, my Lord? He recognizes that it was somebody that was not of this world. And he says, I'm Jesus, Paul. Saul, I'm Jesus, the one who you are persecuting. Isn't it funny how Paul is persecuting the people 
But Jesus sees it as you're not just persecuting the people, you're persecuting me. Why? Because you and I are the body of Jesus Christ. For three days, he walks around blind. Three days. And it takes someone coming to him, Ananias comes to him, lay hands on to him, and all of a sudden the Bible says it's like scales peeled off of his eyes and he could finally see. At that moment, when the scales fell off of his eyes, there was a heart transformation. There was a mindset shift. There was a shift in his belief. What he once was believing was false, but now what he sees is from God and how he becomes, he becomes one of the greatest followers of Jesus Christ to the point that he writes over one-third of the New Testament that you and I read today. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. I wonder where we need a mindset shift on some things in our life and what's going on. The very thing that you may think is working against you, if God would just clear the glasses, just give us fresh perspective on some things, it could be that's the very thing that God wants to propel you and move you forward. Do I hear a big amen this morning? So here's Paul writing to the people of Ephesus, the church. He's writing to us. This man who knows something about being once blinded and now he can see, here's what he says. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Can you underline that and please notice that spirit has a capital S? This is not just an attitude. It's not just presence. This is literally the spirit of God. There is a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation that God wants to give to us so that you may know him better. Why does God want to give you revelation? Why does he want the spirit of wisdom so that you can know God better? You say, Pastor Shannon, I already know God. I've been, man, I've been coming to church for years. Well, I can tell you, so have I. But can I tell you, I know God, but sometimes I don't know what God wants to do in my situation. And I need to know God better for the situation and the day that I'm in right now. Do I hear a big amen? We need, there is room and space for us to know God better every day. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Paul said, this is my prayer for you. It's a prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Let's continue to read. Look at this. There's some inheritance. There's something that God has given you this morning. And his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand, at his right hand, and in the heavenly realms, not of this world, but in heavenly realms. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but to the, the one to come. 
and God placed all things under his feet, under Jesus, and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Powerful scripture. I, I want to I just ask you, would you take some time this week to reread Ephesians chapter 1 and let the Holy Spirit really speak to you about your situations, about his great church, the body of Christ, about what he wants to do through us. Verse 17, I want you to write this down. Praying first allows God to give us wisdom and revelation. I want to stir this up within you this morning that there may be some things that you don't know that God wants you to know. There may be, I want to stir some things up in you that there may be some things that God wants you to see that you haven't been seeing. There, I want to stir some things up with you this morning that, that prayer will put you in a place for God to give you spiritual wisdom heavenly wisdom and heavenly revelation to open our eyes to see things that we possibly could not see if it wasn't for his help. Start seeing things. There may be, there may be some areas of our life where we've only been seeing things from an earthly realm that God wants us to see things from a heavenly realm. Our human thinking and our perspective, sometimes it taints the thing that God wants to do in our life. Can I just tell you that you can go to the produce section and it is very wise for you as you take, come on, your, your tomatoes home and your cantaloupe and, and well, maybe not cantaloupe because you don't eat the rind of the cantaloupe, but anything that you're going to eat, your, your grapes, can I just tell you it's going to be important for you to take those home and do what with them first? Thank you. Wash them. You guys are so good. Wash them. Why? Because they're spraying some stuff on, that, on those on that produce, that if you ingest it over time, it's going to impact your body. Wash some of those chemicals off. Can I tell you, can I suggest this morning that we may be doing some great things of prayer and ministry, but sometimes our flesh taints the very thing that God wants to do in our life. We need, the Bible says, to allow God, the reading of God's Word, to wash us. Here's what happens when you and I go into prayer. God's Word begins to be elevated, and God begins to wash us so we can see clearly. God takes your glasses off and washes away all of the taintedness from our flesh and the way we see things with our human eyes. Do I have a big witness this morning? The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation is what God wants to give you this morning. Do you remember the sons of Essachar in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32? Here's a, a group of boys. These are the sons of Essachar. And here's what the Bible says about them. The Bible says that there were some horrible times that they were going through. And sometimes they were placed in situation. The whole nation was placed in a situation that they didn't know what to do. They were in situations where they needed wisdom. They needed insight. They needed to know how to respond. Well, the, the Bible says that the sons of Issachar knew the times, they understood the times that they were living in, and they were able to give Israel some leadership in how to respond and how to act, how to behave, how to move forward, what plan to take. Come on, how many know that we need the same wisdom that God gave the sons of Issachar in our day, our culture, our time? We need the wisdom of God to know what to do. We don't get that from Fox News and CNN and from our friends and from Joe Blow down the street and from, come on, from the guy at work and from, come on, we only get this from the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation that can only come from God. And there is tension within the body of Christ for the last two years. You know why? 
Because what we were going off of last three years is not working today. We're in a different time, a different season, and God has to give us a fresh word, a fresh insight, fresh revelation for the day that we live in. I, I shared with the 9, 9.30 service, I said, you know, some of you, how many of you have tags on your car and you got to go to the motor of vehicle, uh, the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, right? And you go in, you got to get you a new, a new tag. Paul Lazat, he's one of our state troopers here. Ben Kirby, he's another state trooper. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't renew your tag every year, one of these guys are going to pull you over. You can flash your new spring card if you want to. They may give you a pass. Just the benefits of, see, that's how it works. But you got to go down and renew that tag. Why? So you are licensed and have the authority to drive your vehicle for one more year. Can I tell you that some of us, come on, are living off of last year's expired tag spiritually? I don't know what happened in 1980. I'm sure it was good spiritually. But can I tell you, God has a fresh word and a fresh day, a fresh anointing, and a fresh move of his spirit. Come on, for 2021. I'm not going back to 2020. Thank God. I thought 2020 would be the year of clear vision. <laughs> it wasn't. My vision was ever so cloudy for days. What do we do in this situation, God? This is new. This is new on me because I've not seen any of this before. But can I just tell you, I'm not even, I'm not even right now, I'm not even praying for 2021. I'm not living in what God did yesterday, last week, last first Wednesday. All of that's been great. I'm already looking for 2022 for fresh wisdom, fresh word, fresh revelation. Come on, and you, mom, come on, mom, come on, dad. You need the wisdom and the revelation of God on a fresh new way in your life. Do I have a witness in this place? Come on, give God praise. What's the purpose? To know God better. And if you kind of rest on that fact that, well, I know God. I know God. I've been saved for 40 years. Oh, I'm, for 40 years, you young whippersnapper. I've been saved longer than you've been born, Pastor Shannon. Okay, great. That's good. I've been, I've been living for God for a long time. And can I tell you, I still have this burning desire to know him better. The Apostle Paul said the same thing. He said, I've been shipwrecked. I've been thrown in prison. I've watched God show up over here and there. And he said, I still have a burning desire to know him and the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know him. There's a burning desire in us, and we got to get off of resting and being comfortable with, I know God. I may know God, but I don't know him sometimes and what he wants to do in this time, in this situation. Someone shout, know God better. Life will throw its problems, and what the enemy wants to do is he wants to discredit God. He wants to discredit God's power, his authority, and that's why Paul said, I'm going to give you a hope, and I'm going to restore it through the power of God so you can see God's authority and his power. The more you know God, the more confident that you are in God's love and God's power. The more you know God. You can tell, listen, you can go to Bonnie and say, Bonnie, I don't think Shannon loves you. You know what she's going to tell you? She's going to laugh at you. You know why? Because she knows me. You don't. You could say, man, Pastor Shannon, he's, I don't know, man, I, I, I saw something I'm just a little, a little concerned about there. And you can go to her and 
you can discredit all you want to, but she knows me. She knows my secrets. She knows the secret conversations that we've had. She knows my fears. She knows my weaknesses. She knows what I like. She knows everything about me. So you can't tell. Can I just tell you the enemy is going to you and telling you that God doesn't love you, that you, God doesn't value you, and you need to say back to the devil, you need to laugh and say, listen, no, I know my God. I know him better than that. He's with me in every storm. He's with me. Come on. He's not forsaken me. He's not left me. I know my God. Does anybody know God this morning? I know God. The devil can come to you and tell you that everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And I've always said, what is a hell in a handbasket? Whatever it is, it's not good. And you can tell, the devil can tell you the world's over. Things are done. The church is going to dry up. The church is not, has lost its power. But listen, when you know God, you'll know that Jesus said, this is my church. I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I feel like preaching this morning. I, I pray that something that I'm saying is, is sparking something within your spirit today. So verse 18 through 19. Well, let me, let me say this. So the more you know God, the more you know who you are. And the enemy wants you to think that you're something else. They said that some people, so when Paul had this revelation, he understood who he was. He understood that he was not the murderer, right? He had a whole transformation. He was not the mean guy. He was not the one who was persecuting the church. He understood who he was, that God had a call in his life, and that's what he said over him. Paul is my choice servant, and he's going to write and build churches, and he's going to write part of the New Testament. God had a plan for him, and the closer that you are to God, and the more you know God, the more you know who you are, and the devil can't talk you out of that. How do you see yourself today? Do you need fresh revelation and fresh wisdom on how you see yourself? They say some people are like canaries. Canaries, the bird. They're found in cages. They sing pretty songs all day, but they're powerless. They rely on other people to feed them, and all they do is sing. But they're sitting in a cage. They're just singing pretty songs. All right, i got to do it. I, I sang it for the 9.30, and you gotta, you got to get this treat, too. So here's the bird. I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay. And I pity any girl who isn't me today. Thank you. I'm here all week. <laughs> Canaries, they sing songs. They sit in a cage. And people, are, listen, people are, are satisfied with the status quo. They're like canaries. Just put, let me go to my house. Let me close my door. Let me plop on the couch. Give me my mashed potatoes and my, and my, my, my potato chips and, and just put a remote control in my hand. I'm good. I'm good with the status quo. But God hasn't called you to be a canary. Some people are like buzzards. They sit on a pole all day and squawk, squawk, gripe, complain, make annoying noises. Too many people want to sit on the sidelines and complain about what's not right. 
My wife is not this. My wife is not that. My boss, I don't like him. I don't like my job. I don't like this about this situation. And they, all they do is criticize and complain like buzzards. But God hasn't called us to be buzzards. Some people like peacocks. Come on, somebody. I just want to show off my pretty feathers. Peacocks are about themselves. They want to show how pretty they are, how well together they are. Look at me. And they're just all about themselves. But God hasn't called you to be a peacock. God's called us to be eagles, to mount up with wings as eagles and to soar. He's not, eagles don't sit around all day. They don't drag. They don't complain. They rise above difficult situations and soar above. They get different perspectives. They get a heavenly perspective on an earthly situation. Come on, somebody. God has called you to be an eagle, to soar above mountains and troubles. Not that they don't affect you, they do, but sometimes you got to soar, get above, get above it today. That's what praise and worship was doing. What was it? It was pumping in every, every song that we could lift about the goodness of God, about Jesus. We lifted him today. You know what was happening? Come on, wind got in our, our wings and we were soaring above. Come on, the distractions of this world. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? You're an eagle. You're like the, like the farmer, the farmer who found a wounded eagle bird that fell out of a nest, broke its wing, pulled it into its cage of chickens, its chicken coop, turkeys. And as this farmer was feeding and mending its wing and bringing health, that, that eagle learned how to peck with the chickens. Pecking with chickens, right? But here's this awkward eagle growing to a wingspan about 10 feet long, I mean 10 feet wide, eyes sharp, designed with special, special features to not peck on the ground, not to have your head here, but was designed for your head to be here. And that, ain't, that eagle wouldn't come out of that pen until it got a glimpse of another eagle that swooped down, swooped down, and that eagle locked eyes with that other eagle and looked at himself, looked at the chicken, <laughs> looked at the turkey. He said, I ain't no chicken, and I sure ain't no turkey. I'm an eagle. And that eagle began to watch that other eagle and flap its wings, and all of a sudden a gust of wind took it out of that cage, and it began to soar as high as it could. Why? Because God designed it in its DNA not to peck not to stay in a cage, but to soar. Can I just tell you this? Can I remind you? I know my God this morning. He's given me, come on, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We are no chickens. We're no turkeys. We are eagles to soar above the, the affairs of this world. Can you shout amen? Got to hurry. Verses 18 and 19, he says, praying first helps us bring clarity to our sight, or you're going to get new glasses. And I pray that this morning, I pray as we take some time to close today in, in God's presence, that he begins to show us where does he want you, where does he want your eyes opened? And you're going to know it because your eyes are going to be open and hope is going to be the byproduct. Hope. You're going to be a hope dealer. 
So when people, hope, hope dealer, not hope, H-O-P-E, hope dealer. So when people come to you with their problems, you're not going to suck them down to a place of, yeah, I don't know if it, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's really bad. I don't know. You're, you're going to be a hope dealer because, come on, you have fresh wisdom and revelation. You're going to give hope and instill hope in others. Your kids, your children are watching you. They're watching your physical expression. They're watching your demeanor. They always say the devil, the devil can't read your mind. He doesn't have that power. He, does, he can't read your mind, but he can watch your expression. Can I tell you, your children are watching. We have young people and new believers in this place, and they're watching our demeanor and our disposition. Are we people of faith that believe that there is nothing impossible with God? Are we people who still believe that God is going to, come on, move with his spirit one more time in this world and bring a harvest of people in so that they can know Jesus Christ? We're hope dealers. Verse 20 and 23, praying first connects you to a different resource. It's what Paul was saying in Ephesians. That allows us to be connected to two places at one time. Technology. I can, I can do a Zoom call and do a business deal here in Springboro and do a business deal over in another country. I can be at two places at one time. Can I tell you that God has given us the ability through prayer to be in two worlds at once? Have you think you're thinking I've lost my mind? But the Bible says that as I'm praying down here, we just went through the Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you pray, you're saying, God, where I'm at right now may be one situation, but I'm calling on all of your resources in heaven to bring it down to this earth. Do I hear the witness this morning? God has given you the power, the ability this morning to connect to a different resource. You are rich. Can I encourage you? You are rich with spiritual resources this morning. Your your bank account may be broke. You may not have enough bills, but can I tell you, you're connected, come on, to a spiritual resource where God is able to give you everything you need in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. And you're connected to God's power, and that's what Paul said. You have these resources. I wonder this morning, my thought about the gifts of the Holy Spirit years ago because of some bad teaching was one view about all of these gifts. But it wasn't until I had my Damascus Road experience with Jesus and said, Shannon, I've given the church these gifts to empower the church, and you're going to need them. I wonder, do you need a mindset shift? Do you need to shift your mind? Does God need to show you that you are resourced with every spiritual power and gift of the Holy Spirit to address all of the needs in your life today? Do you believe? Does anybody believe that this morning? So I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to take about five minutes here to pray. And I want to draw your attention to 1 Kings chapter 6 because here is another Another experience of someone who couldn't see. It was Elisha and his helper. Two people. And all of a sudden they looked up and there was a, a thousands, horses and chariots and soldiers. I mean, these were real guys. 
and they were coming down to get them because they didn't like what Elisha was doing. And the, the helper says, Elisha, we got to run. There's only two of us, and there's thousands of these guys that have surrounded us. We're done. We're sunk. You know what Elisha said? He goes, I ain't sweating it. I'm not sweating. I don't care. And I'm sure the helper's like really frustrated. No, we got to run like right now because the enemy is here. And he's like, it's no big deal. He said, what are you talking about? And here's what Elisha said. He reached over and prayed for his helper and said, Lord, open her eyes and let her see what I see. The man opened his eyes. <laughs> he saw the army surrounding him, but just a little bit further. He saw angels, warring angels, flooded the hillside. Can you, I can't imagine that, that helper went from like a chicken with his head down. It's like the, it's like the little dog got all the big bark because he knows big dog is behind him backing up backing him up can i tell you this morning you may feel like you're surrounded and don't have any resource and you don't know how you're going to get through this can i tell you that god wants to open your eyes and let you see that you have a whole host of art around you surrounding you ready to resource you and help you in every situation that you're in do you have that this morning sets for somebody come on stand your feet with me this morning and I want us to pray this prayer. Guys, can you go into that, that song? And I want you to pray this prayer. Pray the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed. And pray the prayer that Elisha prayed. And just say, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Let me see it different. Let me see what you see. And watch hope and faith be lifted in your heart. Can you that come on? Let's lift our hands this morning. Open my eyes, God. Open my eyes. About that person about that situation, about what's going on around me, open my eyes. Open my eyes, God. About myself, open my eyes, God. Let me see what you see in me. Let me see your plan. Jeremiah 29, 11. God, you said you have a plan. It's a good one. It's a plan to prosper and not harm us. God, I want to see that plan over my life. I'm tired of the devil writing a script in my head about myself. I want to rewrite a new narrative, a new script. And I want that script to come from you, God. You are the head and not the tail above and not beneath. You are blessed on every side. That's what God said. 
Jesus' name. close this out, but I want you to take your hands and put it over your eyes this morning. Father, open our eyes. Open my spiritual eyes for a student who's trying to find their way and their career, their path. For someone who's trying to find their soulmate, open their eyes. For a dad who's trying to find the strength to go on and, and new ways to nurture their children, open their eyes to a mother who is concerned about this or that, open her eyes this morning. Let her see. God, to grandparents, to our seniors, God, where the heaviness of the world seems to be too much, open our eyes and let us see. God, to our children who are being thrust into situations that are that is just incredibly, have incredible load on their heart, open their eyes and let them see. I pray for fresh wisdom and fresh insight, for fresh knowledge that comes from the Spirit, the Spirit of God. Let us see. For leaders and ministry and pastors, God, who are weary and leaders who feel frustrated, God, open our eyes and let us see this morning that you're still the God who saves and delivers and reaches to a world who needs love, the love of Christ. God, I pray this morning for the one who has come this morning and even questioned some things about their faith and about who you are. I've been there, God. Open their eyes and let them see. For the one who has not given their life and surrendered to you just like the Apostle Paul 
I pray for conversion to happen. Let them see. God, your word says, how can they know unless the Holy Spirit draws them to where they see Jesus? I pray the scales to fall off the eyes where unbelievers will become believers in Jesus. In Jesus' name, let them see. Can you give the Lord a praise this morning for his goodness over us?